the bitches come together. One dream, free my fly higher. One world, one dream, motherfucker. No fears, no feathers, no hungry, not at all. Hello, everyone. I'm Comrade Clay, and I'm Comrade Z. Welcome to another episode of Onward, Onward Comrades. Comrades. The Olympic edition. Woohoo! Come on, Claire. What the fuck did we just sing? <laughs> so it was actually a song called "One World, One Dream." It was from the 2008 Beijing Olympic, sang by a very famous and a little bit notorious Chinese actor whose name is Huang Xiaoming. Now, there's nothing wrong with this song. It was just one of the many songs that came out in 2008. In support of the Beijing Olympic, but first of all, he's not a great singer. He's not a singer at all. The whole song was kind of out of tune. Exactly. Yes. And then he doesn't speak perfect English, but half of the song has English lyric. We actually showed this song to a bunch of friends, and they sort of misheard it as some other words. The original lyrics was "One world, all the nations come together." But it sounds like one world, all, all the, the bitches, bitches come, come together. together. We decided to do this episode because the 2020 or 2021 Tokyo Olympic just ended. Yay! I feel like the Tokyo Olympics is the first Olympics since 2008 that I didn't follow. I think I only watched one game for this Olympics, which is the the men's football final soccer. That's probably also because you were in Texas, right? Yeah, most yeah. of the time during Tokyo Olympic, you were on a ranch in Texas. Alone, alone. I agree. Yeah, I feel like all these major events, you need to be with people. You know, it's it's about the atmosphere, right? It's more like this kind of feeling of watching the sports, the Olympics in the summer with your family or friends, holding a water balloon. Exactly. Yes. This year, I guess. Because I was alone in Texas on a ranch, and no one there really paid any attention to the Olympics. It didn't feel like the Olympics was happening. I guess I didn't have much motivation to watch game. I don't know. It just didn't feel like there's this vibe for the Olympics. Yeah, it's also the first time we are watching Olympics outside of China. Yes, yes. In all the previous ones, it was summer break, and we would be staying at home with a big TV in the living room. But now we don't have our family with us. We don't have a big TV in our room, <laughs> so it just doesn't feel the same anymore. Yeah. Well, enough about the Tokyo Olympics. This episode is supposed to be about Beijing Olympics. Woohoo! So 2008. It's a big year. It was a very eventful year. Kamrazi, do you remember anything happening in two thousand eight other than the Olympics? So two thousand eight, we were both nine years old. Looking back, I feel like there was only three events that happened in two thousand eight. The first one is the winter storm that occurred in the south of China. Yeah, central and south of China. Yeah, it was horrible. In January or February during the Chinese New Year. Me and my family, we went back to our hometown in the south, from Beijing, and then we took the train. Halfway through, the train just stopped because the railroad was frozen, and it it was stuck there for I think almost a day. 
And then when we got to our hometown, I saw the craziest thing. The grass on the roadside, they're green, but they're covered in ice. So you can see through the ice and everything was just covered in ice. Yeah, the south of China usually doesn't snow at all. I live in Shanghai, which isn't even that much towards the south, but I think I've seen probably a total of five snow days in the past 15 years. So that year was just a huge natural disaster for a lot of regions and it had a very big impact on things like agriculture or transportation and all those things in the south. So that was the first horrible thing that happened at the start of the year and then in May there was the the major earthquake that happened in Wenchuan. May 12th. Yeah it was a 8.5 magnitude earthquake and around 240,000 people died. My mom was actually working at an office building that day in Shanghai, and she said they all felt the earthquake and that the building was evacuated because it was shaking a lot. Shanghai is like thousands of miles away from where the, the earthquake is. Yeah, so I guess 2008 kicked off with these two horrible natural disasters. And I feel like for every Chinese, Halfway through that year, we needed something to lift up our spirit. Yeah, and here comes the Olympics. Exactly, yes. I don't know about you, Comrade Claire, but for me, it feels like the Beijing Olympics last for a month. Yeah. I know it's only 14 days, two weeks. It's less than a month. It's very short, but for me, it felt like half of the year was about the Olympics. Yeah, exactly. You started the year with... News like Beijing is building new venues. Yeah. yeah, we built a lot of infrastructure. We built an Olympic Forest Park, and we also built a Beijing National Stadium, which looks like a bird's nest. And people also just call it bird's nest. And right next to bird's nest, we also have this huge aquatic center, which is called the Water Cube, because it looks like a water cube. It's blue, but it glows at night and it has different colors. And other than that, we also build this whole new line of subway. Wow. Yeah. A lot of things happen after 2008. Beijing looks completely different. Yeah, you were living in Beijing when the Olympics happened. Oh, man. Yeah, that whole year just felt like the entire world is coming to Beijing, you know? I feel very proud at that moment. I was like, yes, I'm from Beijing and the Olympics is happening here. And Beijing welcomes you. Exactly. In 2008, we also had a lot of slogans about Olympics just all over the city. One word, one dream. That's one of the most famous ones, yeah. And what else? Faster, higher, stronger. Yes. Uh, One word, one dream. That slogan is on the Great Wall. It was on the Great Wall? Well, not directly on the wall, but, you know next to it. It's on the one of the mountains, but you can see it if you're on the Great Wall. Um, yeah, it was a huge billboard. Wow. Yeah. It's like the Hollywood sign? Kind of, yeah. We had some similar slogans in Shanghai too, but definitely not as crazy as it probably was in Beijing. Yep. But I do feel like the one thing I remember the most pre-Olympics was the, the mascot. Oh, yes. They're called... Fuwa in Chinese, which translates as lucky doll. The direct translation would be lucky dolls. Yeah, or happy dolls. So there are five of them. Each of them represent 
a color from the Olympic ring. So there's a blue one, a black one, a red one, a yellow one, and a green one. Their names are Bei Bei, Jing Jing, Huan Huan, Ying Ying, and Nini. And when you put all these names together, it forms the sentence Beijing Huan Ying Ni, which means Beijing welcomes you. Another slogan from that time. Yes. So baby, the blue one. It looks like a fish. I mean, it doesn't really look like a fish, but it it kind of represents the water, the, the ocean. The ocean. It's blue. Yeah. And then Jing Jing is a panda. My favorite one. Oh, I love that. The red one represents the Olympic fire. There's the pattern of fire on its head. And then Ying Ying is the Tibetan antelope, which is another animal that can only be seen in China. Last but not least, the green one, Nini. It's a a swallow. I think my favorite is Nini. Really? I mean, Nini is cute. I'll give you that. Yeah, it's very cute. Yeah. Oh, fun fact: we just found out that these five dolls are gender neutral. So <laughs> hooray on that! Yes. I feel like. These are very well designed mascots. Oh hell yeah! I don't know any other Olympic mascot and other than the Beijing one. Yeah, they are cute, but also they have so many meanings. Even with with the events in China,、mm-hmm. like Shanghai had the World Expo in two thousand and ten. Well, that mascot sucks. It doesn't suck. Sorry, but it looks kind of ugly. It's just it doesn't really leave you with an impression. It's the shape of A, the letter A. With some hair on the top. Okay, yeah, but I think we have a consensus that the Fuwa are one of the most well-designed mascot we've ever seen. Yeah, you know, I think what makes it really successful is that they are cute as fuck. Yep, <laughs> they're so adorable. Like they were being sold almost everywhere in China, and every time I walk past by, I'm like. I want it. I just want it. Every kid wanted yeah, a set. Yeah, they're so cute. Like you know, you just want to hug it and like cuddle with it. Did you get it? Ah,、uh, it's a sad story. My parent only agreed to buy me one. So they were like, "Oh, that's a shame." Yeah, they were like, "Z, you can only choose one out of five of them," and I chose Jing Jing the panda. I still have it in my childhood bedroom. It's the only fluffy toy I have. On my bed.、Aww. That's how much I love it. Back when I was a kid, I used to talk to it. What? <laughs> yeah, I just talked to it. You don't talk to your stuffed animal. Not a lot. Oh well. Well, I talk to it a lot. Okay, and then I try to teach it how to do karate and taekwondo. Oh. <laughs> What about you, Comrade Claire? Do you have all five of them? I do have all、ah, five of them. You lucky bastard. Well,、yeah. let's talk about. The day the Olympics started, the opening ceremony. Oh man, it was so huge! I don't even know where to start. It just so it was just so huge and so mind blowing. <laughs> Come on, Claire, do you remember there were fireworks in the shape of footprints? Yes, that's you know leading to the bird nest. Yeah, and I don't know why, but I thought one of the footsteps will pass by my house. So I was so excited. I was just like waiting outside the the window, and then there were live broadcasts on TV. And then I was, you know, I saw the footprint on TV. I was like, oh my god, it's coming! It's coming! I'm gonna see it, but it never did. I didn't live close enough to the bird nest. Oh, poor Z. Yeah. Also, the Beijing Olympics happened on August eight, two thousand and eight. Yeah, eight is a very big number in Chinese culture. It basically represents luck. 
and well-being and rich. Yes. So it was two thousand eight, eight, eight. Yep, a big day. <laughs> One of our teachers from the primary school, she was in the opening ceremony. I don't remember what she did. Probably one of the performers were one of the volunteers, but the whole school hosted like a celebration for her, and everyone's like so excited for no reason. I guess I mean yeah, it's pretty cool that you're in the opening ceremony of the Olympics, but it's not that cool. It's not cool enough to have the entire school host an event for you. Yeah, but back in the days, people would be like, "This is such a high honor." Yeah, and all students were like so excited for her, and we were like, "Oh my god, yeah, she's going to the Olympics." I mean, she's not even an athlete; she's just going as a volunteer or a performer. Looking back, it's kind of crazy, but yeah, <laughs> that's kind of just the general vibe. After the opening ceremony comes the actual game. Yes. Did you watch any? I mean, oh yeah, you definitely watched some. I watched so many of them. You get up, you turn on the TV. Yeah. And then it would just be be on for the entire day until you go to bed. I guess it was the only time you can watch TV all day without being afraid that your parents gonna stop you from doing it. Yeah, because they're also watching with yeah. you all day. Well, since I'm from Beijing, <laughs> yes, Kamrazi. <laughs> Me and my dad we went to a game. The we oh, went... she went to the game. <laughs> Such an honor. We went to watch the beach volleyball. The final or just one game? I don't really remember. <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. It's it's the experience <laughs> it's that the matters. Experience. We went to this game. The stadium was kind of on the outskirt of the city. The game started in the afternoon. I think it was. Qualifying round plus finals, probably you could see many different teams playing there. I'm gonna be honest with you, okay? I don't remember much of the game. I remember China did pretty well, or at least I cheer for them. But what I remember the most is that my dad bought me some snacks. <laughs> He bought me one of those really delicious hot dog. You know what I'm talking about, Kamrazi? Oh yeah, yeah. Not really hot dog. It's just a、oh, sausage, yeah. right? Yeah, it's just a sausage with, without the bun. Yeah, we we、really、call it the Taiwan sausage. It's so good. It's really good. Oh my god, I'm hungry now. It's a taste of childhood. Yeah, definitely. And he also got me ganzui mian. Yo, it's basically like instant noodle with a lot of spice in it, and you just eat it. From the package, you don't boil it with water or anything. But you squished it, and then you shake it until the flavor is mixed up, and then you eat it. And it's so good. My parents they were usually against me eating it because it's considered as a junk food. But that time, my dad just bought it for me, and I was so happy. I was like,、oh. "Yes, finally, I can eat it." Before I opened the package, I squished it already. Right, it's already in pieces. And then when I opened the package, I opened it too hard that everything just fell out. So oh no! I didn't end up eating anything, and my dad refused to buy me another one. Oh, that's so sad. Did you eat the sausage? Oh yeah, the sausage was good. Okay. I also remember after the game, I was thinking whether I should clean it up or not. I probably did you? I don't remember. I really don't. Remember. <laughs> you better did. Two thousand eight. That was a long time ago. Everything was a blur. <laughs> But after the game. While me and my dad were walking out, I remember there were two foreigners asking us to take a photo for them. And I don't know about you, but at that time, at the age of eight, I was kind of afraid of foreigners, simply because I don't want to practice English with them. Yeah, yeah. We locked eyes, so I know they're gonna come to us. And I was like, oh shoot, my dad's gonna force me. I don't want to practice English with them. I don't want to speak English with them. 
But luckily, my dad he practiced his English with us, so <laughs> it was your lucky day. Yes. Yeah, honestly, we should do a whole episode on how Chinese parents force their kids to practice English with random foreigners on the street. Yeah, gotta go say hi. There were many opportunities to practice English at that time, <laughs> and you didn't catch them. <laughs> yeah. What are games that you remember? One hundred meter hurdle. It was a very big thing that year because it was one of the very few times when. A Chinese or or even an Asian showing up at the final of the hundred meter hurdle. The athlete Liu Xiang, he was seen as this national hero before the game. Yeah, he, I think he won a medal in Athens in two thousand four. Yeah, that's why people. Yeah, that's why people have such a high expectation for him. He was definitely a celebrity, and you could see his face everywhere. So pre-game, everyone loves him, but he already had a lot of injuries. That was not properly recovered before the match, but he still sort of went up because of social pressure and all those. Also, he's Chinese. The game was in China. Everyone is like, he has to go. He has to bring a medal home. Yeah. But right before the game, when all the athletes were already on the track, he signaled to the judge, and he was like, I can't do it. So he just left. He left the track right before they were starting to run. And that was seen as a shame. I feel like it was definitely a lot more than disappointment. It's almost anger. There's this mentality that you're fighting for your country. If you win, you're winning for your country. You're gaining face for your country. And if you lose, you failed your country. You failed your people. Yeah, it's a weird mentality. It's it's a very negative and unhealthy mentality. But I'm glad that I feel like it's changing now. It, it has changed a lot between 2008 and this year. I mean, there are still incidents like this that happen for sure. When an athlete couldn't perform very well, people would start attacking them. Yeah, but I feel like this year with Tokyo Olympics, people are becoming more encouraging. I think at least more people are becoming understanding of、yeah. the athletes. <laughs> it's something that takes time for for the public to realize they're human. Yeah. Wow, two thousand eight—it's a long time ago. Yeah, thirteen years ago. Oh my God, we were just nine, and now we're <laughs> old. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes you get nostalgic and probably go back and watch a five-minute clip from the Beijing Olympics. For me, it's more about the memories around the games. I could remember who I was watching it with, where I watched it. Maybe not the game or who win. Yeah, you don't really remember one particular game、yeah. or who won, who lost. It's more just the feeling of Olympics and summer. And also, it's every four years. You know, it's like a four-year timestamp, and you kind of mark your life <laughs> with that four years. Like I was doing this back in the London Olympic,、yeah. and I was doing that back in the two thousand and twenty-one Tokyo Olympics.、Oh, yeah. Well, Tokyo Olympic just ended, and Paris is coming in three years.、Woo-hoo. I don't know if you guys have any special stories that you have with the Olympics, special memories you want to share with us. Comment on our Instagram at onwardcomrades.podcast. I'm Kamra Claire. And I'm Conrad Z. See you next time. Yes, but 
for this episode, we're gonna end it with the full version of One, one World, world one, one Dream. Please don't skip it. I mean, yes, you can, but still, it's the best part of this podcast. Yes, you ready, Comrade Claire? Yes. See you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>